0: hey everyone it's gop josh we can only keep the conservative crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support we have recently launched a patreon program where you can support us here at red feature radio for as little as three dollars a month you can find that at patreon.com slash gop josh you can also support the program at anchor.fm the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader.
1: But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children, and our children's children, what it once was like in America when men were free.
2: Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo. who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve.
1: You're listening to the Voice of the Future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh.
0: Hello and welcome to this broadcast of the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here. On the Red Future Radio Network, on the American Perspective, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening, thank you for being here. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening every single Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Actually, tonight is 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And the reason it is 8.30 is because of a a wonderful forum that Fox News held, a, a town hall with both J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. Both of them, they weren't together. They were on stage separate. It was kind of set up like Maury, it felt like. (laughs) They each had about 27 minutes apiece to make their case to the voters of Ohio, both on television and and, uh, in the room. There were a lot of Ohioans in the room. I started recording this program, because it is a little bit pre-recorded, right after I finished watching it. I finished watching it about eh, 10 seconds ago, and it's about 6.50 as I start recording the program. So we don't have any clips from the program unless I have some that J.D. Vance posted on Twitter. He has a couple. But that's it. So, so let's hop right into this with what we have. I, I want to say please watch that form if you're in Ohio before you go out and vote on November 8th and vote for J.D. Vance on November 8th. We're going to talk more about that later with Ohio voting, especially issue 1 and issue 2, which I believe are crucially important. We have to talk about those. So Elon Musk has officially purchased Twitter. He is the CEO of Twitter, the chief twit, as he has said. He is the owner of Twitter.com and the app and all its subsidiaries and Vine. He might return Vine for those of you who remember what Vine was. He might return Vine. He might bring it back. That That's that's Elon Musk's position. He is the owner of Twitter and I'm very excited to see him in that position. He is thriving. He will do a great job bringing back free speech. He's already fired the CEO and the CFO and the chief legal counsel who was responsible for banning Donald Trump. So we are very glad that he is taken over. Also in the news, Paul Pelosi, the pro- the vice, pro- I'm sorry, the Speaker of the House's husband, was hit over the head with a hammer in his home on Friday at like 2 in the morning. So Elon Musk tweeted, and these connections are, or these posts are together. There is a tiny possibility there might be more to the story than meets an eye, and there was a link to a story about the the um, Paul Pelosi attack. So I want to give my take on this before we hop into the news. I don't believe Paul Pelosi was um, attacked by a stranger, mainly because he didn't say he was attacked by a stranger. He had the entire dispatch call, and there's 45 seconds of it here from The Independent. And I'm going to play all 45 seconds for you here in a second. He said he was attacked by a friend. Both of them, both the attacker and Paul Pelosi, were wearing their underwear when the attack happened. The hammer was owned by Paul Pelosi. The person who made this attack, which they were saying is a QAnon whack job, a a Trump supporter, a a radical Republican, lived out of a bus, was an illegal immigrant, and inside of their bus had Black Lives Matter signs. So this isn't a right-winger by any means, but they're trying to pone it on the right wing, on Republicans, right before the midterm elections. It's it's mainly being used to try and blame Republicans. That's what it's for, right? So we have this attack here, and I, I want you to listen to the phone call. The phone call is very important just listen to this. R.P. Priority 910-2640-Broadway across of Scott and Normandy. 14-hour copy. R.P. stated that there's a male in the home
2: and that he's going to wait for his wife. R.P. stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David
1: and that he is a friend. R.P. sounded somewhat confused. He is a friend. R.P. sounded somewhat confused. go over back and copy. Yeah, it's code 3-2640-Broadway for 14-hour. 15, however, copy. 15 however, code three 15 however,
0: code three Everyone call advice in sufficient heres on scene 2640 Broadway
1: <laughs> Special call special call medic 66 location 2640 Broadway
0: So I don't know how well you can hear all that but I want to play a specific spot I believe it's right here
1: 14
2: hour copy RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is but he advised that his name is David. And that he is a friend.
0: So he knew the name. He knew that he was a friend, but he didn't know the mail. Paul Pelosi has a lot of medical problems. We know this. He had a big DUI. He's an alcoholic. But there might be more to this story than meets the eye. So I want to talk about this report from the Hillary Clinton echoed what the vast majority of Democrats and corporate media personalities have been saying about the attack on Paul Pelosi by David DePape, that he's a QAnon conspiracy theorist driven to violence by right wing rhetoric. But that doesn't appear to be what's happening here. And Elon Musk reminded her that there are alternative theories. A LinkedIn article to the Santa Monica observed that accuses Pelosi of being a drug, drug-driven drug spat with his gay lover. So, that's a chance. Let me tell you what this, this story says. As SF's gay bars close at 2 a.m., two gay men met in a bar and went home together. It happens every night in the city by the bay except one of these two men was married to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. According to the police department, there was a male in the home and he's going to wait for his wife. He doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David. He is a friend. There's been a rumor for years in SF in San Francisco that Paul Pelosi is gay. David DePape is said to be a Castro nudist. The lunatic who allegedly assaulted Paul Pelosi is a Berkeley resident and a former Castro nudist protester. Protester, I'm sorry, and a hemp jewelry maker. Totally a MAGA Republican, right? When he didn't answer the phone, the cops broke the sliding glass door to get in. Pelosi was struggling with the suspect who was in his underwear. So there's two theories on on who broke the glass. It was either the police or it was someone from the inside getting out. That is because when you look at the drone footage they show of the building, the glass is sitting outside. I don't know if gravity works different in San Francisco, but if you were to break a window, the glass that broke would be inside of the building, not outside on the lawn or outside on the grass or outside on the patio. It would be on the inside because that's the way physics work. If I if I push my hand forward, the hand's not going to go behind me. If I take this copy of the Constitution from from Hillsdale College that I keep beside me and I push it forward, it's not going to fly and hit the Ohio flag behind me. Right? That's not where where how physics work. So either someone inside broke the window or the police broke the window and something else major happened there. This is the person next in line behind Kamala Harris to the presidency. Speaker Pelosi has to have some of the highest security in the world. She is in a, not gated community, but a pretty nice community in San Francisco that has a lot of security. So you're telling me that this gay, nudist, Castro, homeless person, illegal, which he has all those things, that is supposedly a QAnon whack job. You're saying that he happened to break into the home and hit Paul Pelosi uh, up the side of the head with a hammer that Paul Pelosi owned? Now, I I don't know if there's more to this story or not, but are we going to have to ban assault hammers? Are we going to have to ban these these hammers of, of mass violence because Paul Pelosi got hit over the head with one? And I'm praying for his full recovery, and I hope he survives, and I believe he will. I believe that's the latest report, at least, from the medics. But this isn't a QAnon whack job. This isn't a right-wing nut. This is a left-wing nut that may like Paul Pelosi, Paul Pelosi and David DePape sitting in a tree, um, whatever-ing-I-N-G. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm praying for his recovery, and I hope he recovers, and I believe he will. But this isn't a Republican. Don't let the media try to spin this story into believing it's a Republican and making it a Republican. When we return from the break, I want to talk more about this and how the the story flips so much when it's a Democrat versus a Republican, because I didn't even get a chance to get to that in this segment. When we return, we'll talk about that. And Republicans who have been uh, victims of this political violence that the left seems to hate, they talk about so much hating it, disliking it. But this political violence overwhelmingly happens to Republicans. What if I told you the person who attacked Paul Pelosi is held without bail? I'm going to bring you back to another story from a couple months ago about a young Republican, 18 years old, ran over by his car or with a car because he was Republican. And the person who did it got out without bail. We're going to talk about that when we return. Red Feature Radio Network, GOP Josh. Stay tuned right after this. You're
1: listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader.
0: Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Thank you for being here, and thank you for Matt Irwin for subscribing to our Patreon. If you want to join him supporting the future of Conservative Talk Radio, go to patreon.com slash gopjosh to support us for as little as $3 a month. You can also go to the link in the show notes below and go to anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader and support us for as much or as little as you'd like to give there. This content will remain free. We will not put this behind a paywall. We do thank you for those. uh, We we thank those who choose to become members and support the program via Patreon and Anchor, and thank you, Matt Irwin, for doing that and supporting the program financially, keeping us on the air. So I'm in my car a lot these days. And speaking of cars, Urban Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in in Troy, Ohio, has my complete and total endorsement. (laughs) totally unrelated. I'm kidding. But I'm in my car a lot these days, and I I listen to talk radio. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts, and I do a little bit, but. I, I listen to talk radio. WTOH in Columbus, WTVN in Columbus, uh, WHIO out of Dayton are all three I listen to quite a bit. No no promotion necessary. But I was listening to, to Mike Gallagher, and I, I like Mike Gallagher's show. He's a, he's a great man, talking about Paul Pelosi. And he said, These crazy conspiracy theorists believe. That Paul Pelosi's a gay man. He's married to Nancy, yada, yada, yada. And that's why our Patreon and our our support programs are so important because we're bringing you the takes and the stories and the side of it that the mainstream refuses to report. The talk radio establishment can say they're anti-mainstream all they want, but it's not true. Folks, this is the only program on the air currently, right up here with Samuel McGuire, that truly fights back against the establishment on it on a major scale, and I'm calling them out. I'm not. I'm not going to be scared to call them out. Many other great programs are out there. I like Steak for Breakfast. Um, that's my favorite podcast. But I mean, there's not that many right wing alternative consistent programs on the air. There should be. I believe there should be, and that's what Red Future Radio is working towards. But you have to support the programs that are out there and support the Republicans and conservatives that are out there fighting for this country every single day. And I appreciate you all supporting us every way you do. So Paul Pelosi's accused attacker, uh, David pape or DePape or whatever his name is, was held without bail and pleads non-guilty to the case. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, the man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, after breaking into the couple's San Francisco home, pleaded not guilty to all state charges on Tuesday, per CNN. In his first court appearance of the early Friday attack, David Wayne Pape 42 was ordered to be held without bail by a San Francisco judge. AP reports uh, attempted murder, regularly, and elder abuse. He was charged Monday with assault and attempted kidnapping because he had uh, zip ties and um, duct tape. So I'm going back to September 30th, 2022 here, where Caden Kaler Ellingson, an 18-year-old patriotic America First conservative, was murdered in cold blood, driven over in, by a car by a 42-year-old man, I believe. Does it have his name and his age in here? Uh, Shan, uh, Shannon Brandt. It doesn't say his age. But he was driven over by a car. The incident was intentional and not an accident. So let's see here. Let me me bring this up here. Shannon Brandt bail. Let's look up his bail, right? One million dollar bail. This man murdered someone, killed him, because he was a conservative. His bail was set at one million dollars. Fox News reported that he was released from jail and isn't under house arrest, has no curfew. After killing 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson with an SUV, he was 41 years old during uh, September 18th. He had a political argument with Ellingson, or uh, Ellingson, yeah, calling others to get him according to the documents. The hypocrisy is unbeatable. We have here an 18-year-old, 18 years old, he hadn't had a chance to vote in his first election except for maybe a primary, who got in a political dispute with a 41-year-old man and the 41-year-old man decided to run this kid over and killed him. And he is held on $1 million bail and was let out pretty easily. 50000 wait, wait, wait. No, it was not a million-dollar bail. I'm sorry, that was after he was rearrested. This is the actual bail charged with a vehic- uh, criminal vehicular homicide as well as leaving the scene of a crash he was released from jail on September 20th after posting a fifty thousand dollar bond I thought one million dollars when Paul Pelosi's attacker was held for uh, no bond was a lot but fifty thousand dollars I'm sorry I I have a feeling that most anyone can find some sort of camaraderie to put up camaraderie to put up for a fifty thousand dollar bail And that's why issue one of the Ohio ballot is so important. We'll talk about that later in the program. But the left is more worried about protecting Paul Pelosi, protecting Nancy Pelosi, than they are their own citizens, their own people. This man was let out on a $50,000 bail. Never forget that name, Kaylor Ellingson. That's who you need to respond with every time they say, oh, the political violence on the right is so extreme. Oh, the people on the right are so extreme and hate Nancy Pelosi and want to kill Nancy Pelosi. First off, he wasn't a right-winger. Second off, they literally killed Kaylor Ellingson and let him out on $50,000 bail, praying for his family every single day. Um, His life was taken too soon. But that's that's the true political violence. That's the true person that was taken too soon and the person who was actually assaulted and actually killed let out on $50,000 bail. So the Chief Justice, John Roberts, we're going to move topics here to something completely different, is temporarily blocking House Democrats from getting Trump tax returns. Um, Trump's tax returns have no implication for anything ever. They just wanted them because they felt like it. And right now, Chief Justice John Roberts is blocking them from getting them, and I believe they will block it successfully. Something they could not do, however, is block Lindsey Graham from protesting, Lady G, from protesting in a Fulton County special grand jury over the Georgia election interference probe. So Clarence Thomas put a probe down saying that, or a, uh, a hold down saying he did not have to testify. The Supreme Court on Tuesday, today, lifted a temporary hold on Senator Lindsey Graham's testimony in a Georgia investigation of possible Ill- illegal interference in the 2020 election by then-President Donald Trump and his allies in the state's. The court left no legal impediments uh, on the way of Graham's appearance before a Fulton County Special Grand Jury, now scheduled for November 17th. But in an unsigned order, the justices noted that Graham could still raise objections to some questions. The South Carolina Senator, a Trump ally, has argued that a provision of the Constitution, the Speech and Debate Clause, shields him from being forced to testify. Lower courts have rebuffed Graham's plea for a pause while the case legal case plays out. Tuesday's order... Uh, dissolved a temporary hold that Clarence Thomas had placed on the testimony while he and his colleagues weighed the arguments. The special grand jury was in, um, impaneled to sit on a calendar year from May 2022, uh, 2022 to April 2023. No earlier than November 17th will he have to testify. He could still challenge it again, but as of right now, Lady G is going to have to testify. I'm sorry. Not a Lady G fan. Don't really care what happens to him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Lady G is a stand on the Republican Party. Trump has called him the progressive senator from South Carolina, which I would believe. I mean, South Carolina is such a good state. They have the beautiful beaches. They are a conservative place. They have beautiful, uh, beautiful people. I mean, and truly, uh, South Carolina is a beautiful state. They've got politicians that are good, like Tim Swain in South Carolina. They have good people in the state. They have good chances in the state. They have they have great chances to put up these people for phenomenal seats, and get a great Senate delegation up there of proud patriots from South Carolina, and they choose Lady G and Tim Scott. (laughs) I mean, you're being completely honest. I don't care if he testifies to this. I don't care if it's broadcast on national television. I don't care if we cover it live on the Conservative Crusader. I don't care about Lady G. But I figured you guys would enjoy the program. This is a news program as well, and you would enjoy that topic. Um... Yeah, that's, that's pretty much everything non-election related for the day. We have a lot to get to about the election, however. I mean, today is just packed with election news, good election news. Republicans are going to take back the Senate. Even a left-wing 538 believes Republicans are going to take back the Senate. That's where we are as, as a country today, is Republicans are going to take back the U.S. Senate. According to 538, which is not a conservative source at all, there are five races that determine the majority. We're going to talk about them as well. The libertarian who said, um, well, uh, you know, uh, let me be clear. I don't know I'm doing Obama. He said uh, the age of consent should be up for debate. He's not going to win that race. He's a libertarian. He dropped out. He endorsed someone in that race. We'll talk about that after the break here on the conservative crusader red Future radio network right back after this. Stay tuned. Uh, On the other side, we'll catch up about the 2022 midterm seven days away. You're listening
1: to the conservative crusader.
2: Hi, I'm Joseph Bausch, CEO of Hydro Communications and the American Perspective. The American Perspective is a new, trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave. You should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there.
1: This
0: is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. It is a dead heat for the U.S. Senate in 2022. Seven days out from the most important day if we want to save this country from the radical left, from Joe Biden, from Brandon, from Nancy Pelosi and her uh, 82-year-old husband, from Chuck Schumer... From the left, from Tim Ryan, from Mandela Barnes, from Mark Kelly, from Catherine Cortez Masto, this from ra- radical le- liberal Raphael Warnock. This is the day that we have to. We've been waiting for and to fight for, and we have to fight for it. And, and that's going to be on November eighth, and that's the day that we will take back the U.S. Senate. Official, based on left wing polls. We are going to take back the U.S. Senate. 51% chance according to 538. Now, 538 is ABC News. They are not a right-wing pollster, a right-wing analysis place in any, any, any sense of the word. The way I've been testing to see if right-wing pollsters are good, or if the, these predictions are, are any good, is based on their rating of Ohio 9. Right? Because Jeremy Magici is going to win that race pretty Handedly, I'd, I'd put my money on it if I was a betting man, but I'm not. And they have a 76 percent chance. Marcy Capter wins. That's not just not going to happen. There is a a very good chance that that he wins. That that Jeremy Juszkiewicz wins. I, I'd put it at like 80 20 right now. So in the in the U.S. Senate here, Republicans have a 51 percent chance at taking back the U.S. Senate. Five thirty eight, left wing pollster. Well, let's go through some of the key races here. In Washington, they have a likely D. I I, I believe you were there. Nevada is a toss up, pure toss up. Latham Laxalt is winning by fifty four to forty six. I believe he's going to win that race pretty handedly. Arizona is lean D. That's with a lean D. Arizona, they have it at thirty three per or at um of uh, fifty one to to forty seven. That's with a lean D Arizona, folks. Uh Utah solid D or solid R. They don't believe Evan Evan McMuffin's going to win that race. I don't believe he will either. Um. What are the other races here? Ohio, they have likely R. Pennsylvania, they have 57 to 43. They believe John Fetterman has a 57% chance of beating Mehmet Oz. I don't buy, buy that at all. But I want to do an outside perspective here. The Hill. Did there five races that will determine the Senate majority? And I want to talk about these five races in depth. Arizona. Uh, Democrats had the best chance of holding Mark Kelly's seat. Republican Blake Masters has closed the gap, and he has closed the gap pretty much fully o- overnight as um, the Libertarian has dropped out and endorsed um, Blake Masters. Um, Kelly has been considered the, one of the best uh, Senate Democratic incumbents up for reelection and held a sizable lead above masters lake is going to win carry lake is going to win in that governor's race but it's close for blake masters if you have financial support support blake masters help blake masters out i i believe he can win i believe he can win with your support join mark victor folks I- i'm going to play just a clip of this i can't remember exactly what he says in the beginning but i believe he he has mentioned something about the uh the dropout.
2: Hey, everybody. Mark Victor here. Wanted to cut a video basically so I can explain what I'm up to here. Now, let me say right at the beginning, this video is going to make some people very
1: upset.
0: He's to so make it. Some other people. So we're going to kind of slow it down here. And I want to see what he's going to say here because I kind of want to fast forward it while I'm talking. So, um, yeah, we're not going to worry about that now. <laughs> we're on the air. But he has dropped out. He has endorsed Blake Masters. He had Blake Masters on for like a 20-minute interview on his YouTube channel. Um, Mark Victor, I want to publicly thank you for getting out of the race, for supporting Blake Masters and putting country before party, putting country before themselves, and putting country before Mark Kelly. Georgia, down in the beautiful, beautiful beach state of Georgia. Senator Raphael Warnock had once appeared to have a distinct edge over his Republican opponent, Herschel Walker, a former NFL star and first-time candidate who has grappled with a a slew of personal and professional controversies over the course of his Senate campaign. Uh, They claimed he paid for abortions, he had this and that. Yet Walker hasn't taken much of a hit in the polls. The fact for the matter is he's been fired as much as I've been seen, said Chuck Clay, a former state senator and Georgia GOP chair. Unless there's some other lurking horror story out there I'm not aware of. I think he's been pretty well raked over the coals. My rating right now is it's going to it's likely runoff. I believe Warnock's going to go with one or two point lead leading into the runoff is going to go to a runoff. No one's going to no one is going to hit fifty percent in that race, and then Walker's going to win the runoff. It's just a month after the elections this time. Walker's going to win the uh, yeah Herschel Walker's going to win the runoff. He will be the next U.S. senator from Georgia from the beautiful state of Georgia, against radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Um, And I'm glad, by the way, I watched that debate. He didn't ever say radical liberal Raphael Warnock as our beautiful, (laughs) our, our great friend, uh, Kelly left just just couldn't keep out of her mouth. If you remember correctly,
1: the Russia hoax and how that distracted us from addressing this virus. The Democrats have played nothing but politics since day one. They've never accepted that President Trump was president. They were distracted from serving Americans. They were distracted during the pandemic, and now they've used the pandemic to try to fundamentally change this country and put now, the isn't cost clip I thought of it big was Come on, Bloomberg. on the back of hardworking Georgians. That's why I'm fighting to make sure. That the Republican majority is retained in the Senate because we are the shock absorber for common sense policies that bring Americans together, that lift everyone up, that provides for great educational choices for kids, I was under the that stops was a the radical agenda of the abortion on come demand on, that Democrats want, uh, that attacks our Second Amendment rights. They want to take away our guns. Okay. want
0: The clips are not working out for us today, folks. Oh, here's the supercut I was looking for. All right. Third time's the charm for clips. My opponent,
1: radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. 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 Radical liberal
0: Raphael Warnock. If she said it like three more times, she would have won. No, she was a bad candidate. But radical liberal Raphael Warnock is going to lose to Herschel Walker, and he's going to win big in that race. The other races they're predicting that are going to be close is Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Ron John's going to win in Wisconsin. Um, Dr. Rod's going to win in Pennsylvania, and Adam Laxalt's going to win in Nevada. And this is something I heard on the Steak for Breakfast podcast, uh, their Friday program. I believe it was Cash Patel. Adam Laxalt is the most prepared candidate this cycle to go into Congress, go into the Senate, and truly get stuff done for the for the country and the state of Nevada. Nevada. I mean, he's truly the most prepared. He has the most um, preparation set up. He's got bills written. He's got a lot done already. It's like he's been a, a shadow senator for the past six months while he's been campaigning. He's been working hard. He is going to be the next U.S. senator from Nevada. Nevada, however you pronounce it. I don't really care how you pronounce it. And his prep, uh, uh, preparedness is not going to get away. So he's going to win. He is very prepared. And I'm very glad to see what he does He does in the Senate. right? I believe he is a phenomenal candidate. I believe he's got a good chance at winning. And I believe he's going to do... Great work in the Senate. So I'm very excited to have him there. Mr. Adam Laxalt, thank you for running and thank you for being um, just a proud American. <laughs> what if I told you that Washington State, Washington State was a possible flip. It's going to be very tight if it happens. S- Democratic Senator Patty Mar- uh, Murray is now tied with her Republican challenger and nurse Tiffany Smiley in the Washington Senate race. According to the results of a new survey published on Sunday, the survey showed that Murray and Smiley each had the support of 46% of respondents, um, a 2% point shift in favor of Smiley from the same poll conducted in September, according to Polster More Information Group, MOORE. It also shows a three percentage point decrease in Murray's net favorability ratings, while Smiley's net favorability increased by the same amount leveling of both candidates in the polls one week before election day heralded a potentially dramatic upset for Smiley, nurse with no prior political experience against Murray, who has represented Washington State since 1993 and is running for a sixth turn. I don't see us flipping Colorado, Connecticut, or Washington State this time around. But wouldn't it be awesome if we did? Could you imagine a country where we have a Washington Republican Senator, a Connecticut Republican Senator, A Colorado Rhino senator. We would truly have a country again. Usually we we hear the mudslinging between the parties that, oh, if this candidate gets elected, our country is going to get destroyed. Oh, if this candidate gets elected, they're going to destroy the country. But that's actually true at this point. The stakes have never been higher for a Republican majority. The state's never been higher for an election. I I, I mean, seriously. Republicans need to win in November if we want to stop Joe Biden. Stop the theft of American people with with inflation. Stop the open border. Fight for election integrity. Fight for right to life. There are so many things that have been destroyed in the Biden administration. So many things he has done and hurt average Americans with. If we want a chance, we must support Republicans up and down the ballot. We must take back both chambers of Congress, as we will. We have to do it if we want to save this country, folks. And this isn't just traditional talk, saying, "Well, if, if the, my opponent lose wins, uh, we're gonna we're gonna die." I truly don't see how Republicans can come back from this. And, and the country can come back to this if we don't win in 2022. Even if we won back in 2024, the damage has already been done. Irreversible damage will, will be done this term if we don't win. They will abolish the filibuster. They will grant Puerto Rico and D.C. statehood. They will do everything under the under the sun to destroy the makeup of this country and ensure Democratic majorities forever. Republicans must win if we want a country, if we want a future, if we want America first conservatism, if we want America at all. When we return, I want to talk a little bit about Lee Zeldin and I want to talk about the ballot issues on the Ohio ballot because those are the most crucial elections in Ohio right up there with the Supreme Court races. We'll talk about them as well. The future of conservative talk radio, radio, the voice of the future. My name is JP Josh. Be right back after this.
1: You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Wake up and
2: text. Text and eat. Mm-hmm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
0: Hi. Oh hey.
2: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
1: This is the Conservative Crusader.
0: Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate for um, governor in New York, the deep blue New York, is on track to win. Is on track to take back that seat from uh, Hochul, who was never elected. I'm very excited for that. I want to play this entire clip. You have to listen to it all and, and listen deep. This is—I I believe this is the beginning of the downfall of Kathy Hochul's campaign, of her as a governor, of her as a politician. She just she completely fell apart. Uh, we're going to play that here in just a second as soon as it loads on this uh, stream. I want to talk about this because it's it's increasingly. Important, she said. I don't know why locking up criminals research. is so important. Yeah, I mean, listen.
1: I, I stated that the first day that I'm in office, I'm going to declare a crime emergency and suspend Castle's bail and these other.
0: Speaking as Lee Zeldin.
1: Because there is a crime emergency. My opponent thinks that right now there's a polio emergency going on, but there's not a crime emergency. Different priorities that I'm hearing from people right now. They're not being represented from this this governor, who still, to this moment, we are we halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crime.
2: Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I know is that we could do more. Well, when I say we that could we do should more. remove... Excuse Al- me, I'm speaking. Sure, go ahead. We could do so much more. If there was a nationwide ban, but certainly a state ban, on teenagers being able to get guns assault weapons. I mean, that's what happened in Buffalo. A teenager walked into a a shop and was able to buy an assault weapon, the kind you use on military battlefields. It happened just yesterday in St. Louis. When am I going to start talking about the crimes that are the most frightening? And that's murders and shootings, which across this country are down about 2%. New York State, because you've worked so hard on this since I became governor, they're down 14%, down 18% on Long Island. Thank
1: you, I I don't know why it's just so hard to, to articulate what needs to get done when you uh, a I, want to to inform-
0: I want to replay part of this clip. i believe it's like right when, when does she jump in i believe it's like right about here she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes okay
2: anyone is- who commits a crime under our laws especially with the change they made to bail has consequences i
0: don't know why that's so important to you all i know is i don't know why that's so important to you i don't know why locking up criminals. Is so important to you. New Yorkers. Talking to you in your, your your traditional tongue here. We must take back this country. And this state. Your, your, your beautiful state of New York. From Kathy Ockel. I mean truly. She's a mess. And Lee Zeldin is leading in a poll. Uh, Trafalgar. Is putting him at 48.4%. To Kathy Ockel's 47.6%. 4% said they are undecided. Uh Trafalgar is a leading polling group. I believe they're they're accurate. Lee Zeldin as governor would be increasingly just a, a massive white pill for America and a massive massive need and a massive win for the people of New York. 4% undecided there's barely room for Kathy Hochul to catch up, but still within the margin of error. New York get out and vote. For Lee Zeldin, he's only up by 0.8%, but 0.8% is all it takes to take back the state and take back our country. All right, I want to talk in depth about issue one and issue two on the Ohio ballot because this is our Ohio segment. This is going to be the the language on your ballot, on your November 8th ballot, when it comes to the issue one. A majority yes vote is necessary for the amendment to pass. The proposed amendment would require Ohio courts when setting the amount of bail to consider public safety, including the seriousness of the offense, as well as the criminal's personal, uh, person's criminal record, I'm sorry, the likelihood of the person to return to court, and any other factors the Ohio General Assembly may preside or prescribe. Remove the requirement that the procedure for establishing the amount and conditions of bail are determined by the Supreme Court of Ohio. If passed, the amendments will be effective immediately shall the amendment be approved? Yes. The reason, uh, yes and no are options, but I say yes. And the reason why I say yes, and the reason I, I believe this amendment is crucial, is because we are fighting a leftist Supreme Court of Ohio right now. They ruled that you cannot consider public safety when setting bail. If public safety was considered when setting bail in the Kaler Ellingson case, he... The criminal will not be out on fifty thousand dollars. The Supreme Court of Ohio, the leftist majority, the three Republicans or the three Democrats and one Republican, the one liberal Republican, ruled that public safety is not important. Ruled that you do not have to have public safety considered when setting bail. What's the point of having bail at all? Then why not just have everyone out on on, on zero bail? That there's a lot of certified arguments for. Uh, position one and two. The link is in the show notes below. Uh, Jeff LeRae, the uh, state representative, uh, DJ Swearington, uh, Theresa Gavaron, the state senator, all wrote a certified argument for issue one. Issue two was submitted by Cecil Thomas, a state senator, and David Leland, state representative, their agreement against it. And I'm not going to read both those in depth, but that is their um, yes and no, pretty much. Issue two. A majority yes vote is necessary for the amendment to pass. The proposed amendment would require that only a citizen of the United States who is at least 18 years of age and who is a legal resident and registered voter for at least 30 days get to vote at any state or local election held in this state. Prohibit local governments from allowing a person to vote in local elections if they are not legally qualified to vote in state elections. If passed... The amendment will be effective immediately. Shall the amendment be approved? Yes or no? I think yes. So, Yellow Springs, the People's Republic of Yellow Springs, in the beautiful Greene County, Ohio. It's a beautiful area, just a, a liberal enclave. Enclave. They decided that illegal immigrants will be able to vote in their local elections for city council, for school board, for anything not on the state level. Mayor, whatever structure of government that that communist dictatorship down there seems to have. and Because there's a loophole in the state constitution that says, yeah, as long as they are able to vote, or as long as it's just local uh, ballot or issues on their ballot, they can vote. So they said they can. The uh, explanation for this from uh, the Secretary of State is, the proposed amendment would require that only a citizen of the United States who is at least 18 years of age and who has been a legal resident or a registered voter for at least 30 days... Uh, and a registered voter, I'm sorry, I can vote at any state or local election held in the state. It's pretty much the same text. So no, is a very lengthy decision, right? a lengthy take from uh, Representatives Bishara Bish, uh, Addison, Juliana Brent, Tavisca Gasolone, and Michael J. Skindell. Sounds like he's trying to be Michael Michael J. Lindell. Uh, no, in issue two, because this unnecessary constitutional amendment is cloaked in fear and false patriotism. Every U.S. citizen who meets age, residency, and re- registration requirements is qualified to vote. But issue two removes this inclusive language and replaces it with restrictive words that will lock our Constitution's new, deliberate barriers to voting. It restri- it It. Its new restrictions threaten our 17-year-olds' longstanding right to vote in primary elections. That's not true. It locks a 30-day and no voter registration allowed blackout period. That's already true. It's pushed by secret money. Whatever. So so issue one er, is very important. Issue two is very important. You, you should vote for them both. You should support them both. As we need to make sure that only people, only citizens of the United States can vote in our elections. People who are citizens of Mexico, citizens of Canada, Citizens of England, citizens of India only, should not be allowed to vote in U.S. elections. That shouldn't be controversial. That shouldn't be a controversial take. Yeah, if you're not from America, you can't vote in American elections. If you're not a citizen of America, to be exact, you're not allowed to vote in American elections. Issue 2, vote for it. Issue 1, vote for it. Ohio your support is needed. Your support is 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 needed. I mean, frankly, that's all I can say. If we want to take back this country and this state, you have to vote for those. And until next time, on the Red Future Radio Network, my name is GOP Josh, your proud patriotic America-loving host, the future of conservative talk radio, Red Future Radio, the voice of the future, GOP Josh. Right here, Red Future Radio. See you all Thursday with a brand new episode. All right, I forgot to mention before we get a break, or before we end the program, our schedule. I th- floated, we're having an e- episode Thursday. I floated the idea of having an episode on Monday, the 7th. I'm going to be receiving President Trump in Ohio. I'm not I'm not going to be here. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be behind the microphone. When President Trump is in the state of Ohio, folks, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on the ground interviewing you, uh, Interview. you. Interviewing you, yeah. If you're there, I'll be interviewing you. I'll be interviewing anyone. It's going to be so fun. Spending an entire day with Red Feature Radio on the ground. <laughs> I'm so excited. I just can't talk about it. For the Trump rally in Ohio, be there or be square or be a liberal or at one near you. There's one in Iowa, one in Florida, one in Pennsylvania, and one in Ohio. Get to them all if you can. Get to them here in Ohio if possible. And I will see you all there in Vandalia. At the beautiful venue, I've been there once before working for the campaign. Now I'm going to be there as a media personality, hopefully. And that, my friends, is the end of today's program. Be there and Vandalia, Ohio. We'll talk about that more on Thursday. But until then, my name is GOP Josh, host of the Conservative Crusader, Red Future Radio Network. See you all next time, and stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.